Retro Twenty One Studios Season One, Episode Ten, Part One presents a conversation with Toy Cook, NFL Super Bowl Twenty Nine champion with the San Francisco Forty Niners, and inducted into Stanford University Hall of Fame football and baseball. Toy Cook is currently CEO of the Cardinal Media Group. Welcome to the Retro 21 Studios podcast. I'm joined by NFL great Toy Cook. How are you doing today, Toy? I'm doing great, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I followed you uh, from the early days uh, with the Saints, with the 49ers, the Super Bowl win, and of course, with the Panthers. I remember with the Panthers, didn't you get an arm injury? That was with the that was with the Saints. Oh, uh, that was with the Saints. Yeah, I got it. I can't or you can't see it. Yeah, I got the scar. Which I every time I see Emmett Smith, I always go, That was you, Emmett. And he's no, that was Sam Mills. So regardless, <laughs> I got two I got a Hall of Fame scar. Emmett yeah. and Sam Mills. That was against Dallas Cowboys. It was the last game of the thirteenth game of the season and I was a free agent. That wow. Year. And I hadn't wow. given up a touchdown that year either. That was my other thing because I had read that Mel Blunt hadn't given up a touchdown. I'm like, I'm not giving up a touchdown. So I did go 13 games not giving up a touchdown. Tell us about your, your, your background, how you got into the sport, and then let's talk about what's happening today. I have to give all the credit to my parents, specifically my dad, who was a cameraman. So I was born in Chicago, lived there until I was seven. We moved to Houston. When I was seven, we lived there until I was 12, but he was worked for ABC News, so he did the ABC News, so it allowed me to go on sets from seven to 12. So imagine the power of television. I'm able to go onto a set, and I'm able to watch cameramen, directors, producers, the anchors. Then he does Astro Games and Euler training camp, and that's where I see baseball and decide that I want to be a baseball player. This is at like seven years old. And then we move out to Los Angeles when I'm 12, the Dodgers win the, the World Series in 77. Uh, I like to say the year that I got there. <laughs> and he did Dodger games. He worked at Paramount. He did Soul Train. He did What's Happening. He did Carter Country. Mm-hmm. He was John Tesh's cameraman. So as a kid, I'm on the Paramount lot or I'm at Dodger Stadium or he did the Rose Bowl Parade. Or I'm talking to John Tesh and Mary Hart. On a set, or he's doing, I remember Bow Wow Wow uh, mm-hmm. with Bowser, right? Yep. <laughs> I remember it, he did all those shows. So as a kid, I grew up watching television and television, the power of television. And then the high school that I went to, Montclair Prep, in, which is in Van Nuys in Los Angeles, I went to school with Dick Clark's daughter, Barry White's daughters, uh, Tom Bosley's daughter, Robert Conrad's kids. So mm-hmm. as a kid, I'm a little black kid. And they all love me because I'm going to Stanford and I was like the best athlete in the school, but I'm hanging out with Robert Conrad and his family in Malibu. Wow. Uh, or I'm going over to Barry White's house and he's over there getting high with Don Cornelius. And he's like, hey, Don, that's my godson, Toy. He's going to be a professional football player. Toy. Right. Like, I'm cool, Mr. White. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to go hang out with Bridget uh, in their home theater and mm-hmm. watch a movie where I also experienced we're in the theater and the phone ringing and him saying, Hey, the food's here. Come on down. <laughs> it was like the Fresh Prince. And then from there I go to Stanford, but because I had been around, you know, people that were considered superstars, that was like the level that, I don't know. I just, that was like a normal to me. As we like to say, that was just a Tuesday. And then I get to Stanford and 
luckily they recognized my talent. I played football and baseball. They give me a scholarship in football. At the time, they had Stanford is known for having two sport athletes: John Lynch, John Elway, Mike Dotterer, lots. John Pay, my roommate, the breeding ground. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I was real quickly talking about Dion in Colorado is you already know he's going to attract the best, most talented, most confident players. That's mm-hmm. who he's going to attract, right? That's right. And if you're not, you can't hang out with him. And then the the other thing is that getting people to follow prime and, and i'm not i'm not shocked at all at what he's doing mm-hmm. right so if you're that type of an athlete you're going to go with prime prime mm-hmm. going to get you on television prime is right. going to get you paid yep. the other thing if you're a two-sport athlete mm-hmm. i'd go see prime right because right. you ain't going to have any beef he's going to understand and that's a very important I, I just think that there's a lot of advantages that he has uh, and i'm happy that he was able to, to do that because uh, athletes can coach. We can be head coaches. Toy, for those who are unfamiliar with the relationship between you and Prime, that takes us to San Francisco, right? Yeah, I, ju- I, I did jump ahead. Let me finish the, I'll finish the Stanford thing and then I'll get to Prime. I go to Stanford and they start me as a sophomore in baseball and football. I end up for, I end up having four picks my sophomore year, five my junior and eight my senior. So wow. I laugh when these people are like, they're all American. How many picks he had? <laughs> Three was the most, right? Like, mm-hmm. And I no, anyways, get to play there. We won't we go one and ten my freshman year, then we end up in the row in the Gator Bowl by my senior year. So mm-hmm. one and ten, like they didn't have wins over replacement <laughs> when I was playing. Cause I was like, my man, when I got there they were one and ten, they put me on the field, we go four and seven, five and six. Eight and four bowl game. Easy and, math. Uh, <laughs> just, I, I played 11 years, a whole decade without having a losing season. But then I, baseball, we're, at baseball, it was expected for us to win. It, losing was not an option. And I mm-hmm. loved it. And we went to the College World Series my sophomore year as the number one team in the country. Uh, and then we won it my senior year. And they've only won two. So the joke is it's tough winning championships. Not mm-hmm. everybody can do it, right? Really tough. So I got a college world series that we won. And it's because Paul Carey hit a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth with two outs, <laughs> mm. but he did it. And then we right. got to the championship game and we won. And then I won, I was on the 49er team that won the last Super Bowl. their mm-hmm. last Super Bowl. They've only won five. We were the first team ever in the NFL to get to five. We did it in the 75th year. Um, I believe all these coincidences uh, are for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. I thank the Lord that uh, he's allowed me to participate in it. That, that's amazing. So at Stanford, baseball, football, do you have a passion for both? You excel, right? You're at an elite level in, in both sports. So what was the deciding factor for you? Stanford had just gone to the College World Series the year before, and I saw it on ESPN, which is another reason I get upset with the Pac-12. That's a whole nother story. Uh, but because I was able to see that, and I wanted to go to SC. I've always wanted to go to SC. I love their colors. My host at SC was Jack Del Rio because he was a baseball, a football player. I was Rodney Pete's host when he came to Stanford. But because they had found out about me, in high school I played eight-man football. My mm-hmm. sophomore and junior years. My senior year we played 11. So – and we were a small private school. People hadn't discovered Sierra Canyon. We like mm. 
Montclair Prep or Sierra Canyon and Oaks Christian or any private school before private schools existed. Mm-hmm. My teammate in high school it was and is Tori Lavello, mm-hmm. uh, who's the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Right. So he went to UCLA. I went to Stanford. And the reason I went to Stanford is SC was offering me a baseball scholarship. And in baseball, you get a half scholarship. Mm-hmm. Football, it's a full scholarship. And SC said, hey, we've given out the wide receiver scholarships, but just play baseball. You'll be half scholarship in your sophomore year. The next year we'll get you, we'll convert you to a full football scholarship. And Stanford was saying, we'll give you a full football scholarship. So I like to say I picked Stanford over SC for financial reasons. Right. And that's because so they good. gave me a full ride. And I also thought I just knew that the power of the brand, it's worldwide. And at the time, we were the number one academic institution in the country. So that's another right. one of my jokes. I'm used to being number one. <laughs> we went in college. We were number one academic institution when I was in college for the four years that I was there. Mm-hmm. And when I get to the night, Saints will never win. With our first year, we get eight and eight. <laughs> the next thing you know, we I didn't have a losing season to my final year in the NFL with the uh, Panthers, mm-hmm. and I went seven and nine. And at that, and had we won, we would have gone eight and eight. So I'd have right. been able to roll smack. I still go, hey, go five hundred. That's right. <laughs> a decade. I don't know what two and fourteen or six and ten. I don't even know what that is. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were always playing until the last week, right? So coming into the Saints, where you guys come in, and it was a transition in program. The vibe changed almost overnight, and you guys were on the map. Tell me about that experience. When I got there, they went eight and eight. I think the year before with Jim Mora, and my first year there, I think we went twelve and three, mm-hmm. which was our the strike year, I think, and we lost in the playoff. They never been in a playoff game. And it was out of control. And Jim Moore basically did the same thing that that any new coach did. He brought in a bunch of players from the Philadelphia Stars, Sam Mills, I think Von Johnson, Antonio Gibson, his whole staff, Steve Sidwell, Dom Mm -hmm. Capers, I think Carl Smith, who's an offensive coordinator now or quarterback coach at Seattle, Dom Capers, Vic Fangio just won yesterday in Dolphins with the Dolphins, defensive coordinator. Steve Sidwell just passed away, rest in peace. Great defensive coordinator. Jim Moore had a really good tree. And that's another reason that I was able to play 11 years is because Jim Moore, Steve Sidwell, Dom Capers, Vic Fangio, and John Pease, but really John Pease, but, but those guys really laid the foundation for what is great defense we've come to learn. Mm-hmm. Dom did it in Pittsburgh. He did it in Carolina. Vic was with them. Vic has gone everywhere. Vic Fangio has gone He's had the best defense. And even when I played for the Niners and we won the Super Bowl, I thought the scheme that Vic and we ran was better than the scheme we we ran uh, with the Niners. Mm -hmm. And that just goes to show you how good when you have players, it don't matter what the scheme is. Absolutely. Look, Tim McDonald, who should be considered for the Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. my class, we're the same class, 87. I've known Tim since we were freshmen. He coached in the league, but he always talks about Jimmy and Joe's. Whoever has the most Jimmys is going to win. And you saw it versus SC and Stanford, which was like, I think, 51 to 10 or something, 56 to 10. Mm -hmm. They just got way more athletes than we do. Mm -hmm. Colorado has more athletes than everyone that they've played. 
and the funny thing is, once again, they're going to see. They're going to be a well-coached team. They're going to have great schemes. And I'm telling you, when you have players, uh, I've seen it firsthand with the Niners. Uh, mm-hmm. Our whole team, that whole team, it was like a Hall of Fame team. Mm-hmm. We had backups that were all famous. I used to joke that uh, I would tease the coaches. We had the most well-rested coaches in all of football. They slept like babies, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> they didn't have nothing to worry about. If you're Mike Shanahan, you got Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Brent Jones, Steve Young, Ricky Waters, bar none. Uh, Bart Oates, Jesse Sapulo, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Derek mm-hmm. Dees. I know I'm going to forget somebody. Harris Barton. And I'm missing someone. That's on offense. On defense, Dana Stubblefield. Mm-hmm. Brian Young was a rookie. Richard Dent. Charles Mann was on that team. Tim Harris. Ricky Jackson. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Ken Norton. Gary How Plumber. can you go wrong? Eh, come on. All right. Dion, me, Mert. Merton Hanks, Tim mm-hmm. McDonald. Like, where are you going to throw the ball? Yeah, right? exactly. And, and, oh, by the way, we got an offense. So you're playing catch-up. So those guys get the – it ain't like we were playing close games. I mean, we, we got blown out by Philadelphia, but everyone else was getting smoked. We were 18-and-a-half-point favorites. Say it with me. In the <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. And we covered. We were up 21-0 before Kathy Lee Gifford was done with the – the national anthem. Right. right. That, that was beautiful, man. Yeah, if you weren't a Charger fan. <laughs> That's right. You talked about bringing the quality players in, right? So the coaches bringing in a team that they can't lose with. So bring that in the context of Dion and what has changed. So everybody's talking about the transfer portal and, and this and that. But he's put together a, a program, and there is some controversy around the transfer portal. What, what are your thoughts around all that? Right. Uh, it's called wake up and come to the future. And that's the world we live in. Everyone's trying to can talk about, oh, it's about education. These, first of all, players were complaining back in the day about all the time we spent, mm-hmm. right? All the time we spent and all the money we were generating. And coaches, they could leave any time to go get – they could be there one day and then be gone the next day for a better job, better gig. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't. If we moved, you got penalized, Right. It was completely backwards, and I'm not going to call it slavery because we were compensated very well. Uh, mm-hmm. We were given a chance for an education, but I believe that this, the scales have tipped to where now it's even. All you have to do is just when you're watching, whether it be college football or the NFL, look at the commercials. Mm-hmm. Right? Look right. at the commercials and look at the amount of athletes that they're using. I was I saw. Jefferson from the Minnesota Vikings for sleep, some sleeping bed, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. Uh, the NFL is COVID proof. What Dion did is look, Lincoln Riley did it the year before where he brought in 30 people to SC. Mm-hmm. Then he brought another 30, right? It's like a completely different team. Everything they're doing is legal and fair. My complaint about Stanford, because we're supposed to be the smart people. It's how did they beat us on a train? And we're supposed to be like Tesla. We're supposed right. to be like shit, <laughs> rocket ships. And right. everyone is ahead of us because they want to pretend that sports is not the economic engine that it is. But when you see players getting family office money, mm-hmm. guaranteed $18 million, I think, is what Joe Burrow is guaranteed. 
Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, I get think, is getting 176. Wow. That doesn't count his brother. I was like, man, where's Mrs. Bosa? Their mom, who I see at the <laughs> hotel. <laughs> She's going to be very popular. She got three, two boys worth $300 million. Mm. So it sounds like what you're saying is that recognize it for what it is. It's a business. What Deion Sanders did was treat it like any executive would come in and reorganize the business. Yeah, and the thing that people which makes me a little bit upset with the Pac-12 is because, actually, hey, listen, wait a minute. Dion, Colorado got Dion nine months ago, Mm -hmm. nine months ago. And I said, this is going to save the Pac-12 because you know he's going to be on prime time. And because how do you mess that up? How do you mess that up? And it's just so apropos that the we have eight teams in the top 25, Mm -hmm. right? This is the year of the Pac-12. We've been disbanded. And, and look, what Dion is doing and what if, – if I was a college – and once again, you're not – there's only one Dion, right? But I do believe there are certain players that played very well, that played very long, that are coaches that can instill the kind of belief. Because, look, because – players, if you go to Alabama and you start, you're guaranteed to be a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty good chance you're going to go in the first round, you're going to win a national championship, and you're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Georgia starts sliding to build that up. Nick Saban doesn't have to pay anybody because if you come here, you're going to get paid. Right. Whereas Dion has that same thing. If you come here, you, you play for me, you'll get paid. I'm going right. to make you a better player. You're going to be on television. And what do all kids want to do? They want to play professional sports. And what gives them the best opportunity to do it? And Dion has that. And as long as you have that, you're always going to attract the best talent. Absolutely. If we transition just a bit to the technology side, the game has changed in in a variety of ways. The way plays are called, the the injury protocol, just that whole deal. Technology has moved the game to a whole nother level. For better and in some cases arguably worse as far as some of the criticism around the, the hits folks are losing their minds over that yeah and, and and no pun intended yeah guys are losing their mind it's called cte that's right uh, we should not even be in a lawsuit the guys that are handling the lawsuit they should be disbarred the guys from philadelphia they're a joke they had, you can look it up. I did an article for the LA Times with Sam Farmer, Hall of Fame NFL writer, about the race norming, right? And then when you look at how they referee games, officiate games, mm-hmm. you look at the lack of contact in practice. They can only hit once, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when guys are running un, down the field and they get blasted, which used to be on a video called Crunch Course, NFL Crunch Course, or NFL's Greatest Hits, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, can't, can't find those anymore. And then you see the way they're officiating and the way they're practicing and all that. And then you go like, why are they doing that? Mm-hmm. NFL, why have you changed the way? I didn't go to law school, but I know this. Why? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why'd you do that? And then they would have to say, then it's all because of the head injury. So versus going through all of the BS – we should just settle. And that's mm-hmm. my goal is to have a conversation with Roger Goodell. And for the players that want to settle, but they don't need to go to court. Why are we paying these lawyers who mucked it up? 
Mm-hmm. They should be sued and they should be disbarred. It's very obvious when you watch games, right? In fact, if you hit someone like we had a player from Stanford that missed the first half against uh, SC because he had a helmet to helmet. Why'd they take that out? Why are you getting penalized? And this is college and it's gone. Right. It's all the way up to the pros. It's obvious to everyone who is sane mm-hmm. that they changed the way the game is being played. And it kind of sucks because all these passing yards and all these catches that these guys are getting, it's, it's, I'm calling it the steroid era, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't even touch them. And right. they get to run butt naked free down the field with no, <laughs> if they, Ronnie Lott may not be in the Hall of Fame if he had to play today. 42. John Lynch may not yeah. be in the Hall of Fame if he had to play today. If he was playing today, because John Lynch, he, couldn't do what those guys were doing. That concludes Retro 21 Studios Season 1, Episode 10, Part 1, A Conversation with Toy Cook, NFL Super Bowl 29 champion with the San Francisco 49ers and inducted into Stanford University's Hall of Fame in football and baseball. Toy Cook is currently CEO of the Cardinal Media Group. Stay tuned for Part 2.